Hello, I'm Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. Luke 9, 10 through 13 says, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowds away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fishes, unless we are to go out and buy food for all these people. Now, Jesus' disciples had returned from their missions when he took them apart to Bethsaida, but the crowds were seeking Jesus out, and they ended up following him there. Now, I don't know about you, that just not that just a beautiful picture though? Like Jesus could barely arrive at a town before news would spread everywhere and people would just come seeking him. Now notice here that Jesus didn't get frustrated that he was being bombarded by crowds of people everywhere. Um, He, it says here, he welcomed them to come and sit at his feet as he told them of the kingdom of God and he healed them. Notice that Jesus was always willing to give of himself for the mission that his father had sent him to, and he he did so cheerfully. Now, this is really telling, because when the day had started to end, the disciples took concern, you know, that they were in this desolate place since there was nowhere close by to get provisions, but the disciples didn't go to Jesus, express their concern, and ask him, what should we do? This is where their first mistake was actually made, because they told Jesus what to do when they said, send away the crowds, you know, but nevertheless, Jesus responded very kindly, but he responded in a command and just said, give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And Jesus' response here, I mean, it it only seemed to baffle the disciples because they tell him the amount of food that they actually do have, right, that they had taken from a boy's lunch Um, But they say it as if the amount of food that they have is like nothing, you know. And now physically speaking, yes, five loaves of bread and two fish wasn't realistically enough to feed about 5,000 men plus women plus children. However, where had the disciples just come back from? I mean, his disciples had just returned from being sent out on missions in which they took nothing for their journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra clothes. Yet they didn't lack anything in the process. And now they see a crowd of people in whom they they rightfully have a concern for their physical needs, but then they think it's impossible when Jesus says, you give them something to eat, right? They're like, this is an impossible task, but they already had some resource to work with, which was way more than they had even taken on their mission trips. Now, I mean, we can't just sit here and judge the disciples because in all honesty, we probably would have reacted the same exact way. Um, But have you ever gone 
to like a retreat or maybe a short-term mission trip and you experience God's work in just such an awe-inspiring and tangible way, right? You can see it happening in front of your eyes. And then when you return, you, you know, come back from that mountaintop experience or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I've heard it called that in the past, a mountaintop experience, like where Moses would go up to the mountain and he'd come back down and the glory would fade. You know, so when we come back down from those mountaintop experiences, sometimes things just fade back to normal, you know, and you may not have actually taken away an applicational truth, you know, even though you really did experience God's work firsthand. Now, I believe this is actually what happened to the disciples. You know, they had that mountaintop experience being out on the mission trip, and then they came back to the the normal, right, which is not normal because you're walking with Jesus, but, um, you know, they're faced with this physical dilemma, and it had already faded. But they did have faith to walk in what Jesus told them to do on their missions, you know, and they had went out mentally and spiritually prepared for what they might face on those missions. And then yet when they came back, it was as if they just like stopped expecting God to work through them. But wouldn't we rather respond with faith that can move mountains when Jesus tells us something like that? Regardless of whether we're on a mountaintop or a mission trip or in the city or the grocery store or at work or, you know, wherever we may may be. So how do we learn from this so that we don't react in the flesh, but we instead respond with a faith that pleases God? It is all based on our mindset and our resolution. If we go out to our days at work or school, um, just wherever you go, with the same expectation and mindset that you have when going out to a retreat or a mission trip, then you're going to be better prepared for God to do amazing works and be ready and willing to be used however he would like to use you. Now, this, this does require us to put on the armor of God um, that he gives to us that belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the shoes, um, the ready shoes given by the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. These all allow us to stand strong in the strength of his might as we do our work for his kingdom. When the disciples reacted with shock at Jesus telling them to give the people something to eat, those darts of doubt could have been extinguished by the shield of faith while their belt of truth held up their britches and their shoes were readied to walk in the miracle that was about to be done. Our minds are very powerful. And while we can't make things happen with our minds, um, we can prevent ourselves from doing things if we have the wrong mindset. We have read about the miracles you know, the signs, the wonderful works done by Jesus, his disciples, um, even done by Peter and Paul and others in the Bible. We also have our experiences. You know, we've experienced those works of God in our own lives and even in the lives of maybe family and friends. So why would we think that the same God who did mighty works in the past would just suddenly stop doing them through his people in the present day? 
Did not Jesus say, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. He did say that, by the way, in John 14, 12. But if we don't expect God to use us, we won't be willing when the time comes to be used by him. In the same way that we resolve to not sin against the Lord, we must also resolve to be willing vessels for God to use. I want you to think through this, and it may take some more time to think through than just the quick second I'm going to ask the question. Do you need to make some changes to your mindset and your resolutions today? Because if you do, I don't want you to put this off. So when you get the chance, meditate on these verses in uh, Luke 9 and in John 14 and make that resolution. Resolve to be a willing vessel of honor and to live your life as a living sacrifice to God, expecting him to fill you and to pour you out according to his good and perfect will. For blogs, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com, and that's crystal with a K.